my worst fear of COVID era touring almost came true. This past weekend, I was down in Virginia, played some shows in York, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. with Carbon Leaf. And I drove down to Virginia and I was sick as a dog. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm still super congested. And this is the crazy thing about touring these days is that first I, I wanted to believe that I did not give a fuck about COVID anymore or touring or testing or whatever. Already had it. I feel like I've moved on from it. And then I get super sick. I'm coughing, super congested. I'm still congested. And I get to Virginia feeling like this and then I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And the next day I'm like, I have to test. It's so obvious how sick I am. So I need to take a test. And my worst fear of this is to be the one that is going to cause us or anyone to lose income or have to cancel shows and disappoint people. And that is like my worst fear of it. And I fucking hate it when... I feel like that thing is never going to go away. And it's really frustrating to be like, all right, if I have the fucking sniffles, I got to take a test and maybe cancel like a week of dates. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts. But that was my worst fear of this. And luckily, when I took to rapid, I was I literally pulled up to the bus to get on the way to York, Pennsylvania to play the show the day of. I pull up to the bus 9 a.m. and I take a, a COVID test in my car before I even went near anybody. And as you already know, if you've been to the shows, we played the shows, so obviously I was negative. But I that 15 minutes waiting in the car was so stressful because I was either going to send a text, hey guys. I'm driving back home or which would have derailed a bunch of things for the weekend. We did a photo shoot. We had a couple shows and did some recording, finished up some tambourine, some shaking of the tambourine on the new carbon leaf record. That was exciting. So long story short is the test was negative and we got to play the shows, but God, I'm so, it sucks. It still, it sucks so bad to, have to be at the mercy of any what, what do you do do you test if it's not mandatory that anyone tests to come out to anything or anymore which is which i agree with but what are we what is the threshold of sickness because normally if it was any other tour any other time in, in before prior to 2020 if i was that sick i just like wouldn't i couldn't sing really so if I was that sick, you just go out there and you play. And it's kind of like an athlete playing through injuries. It's at the end of the season. Everyone's banged up. But you go out there and you play the game. Is that the same thing that we're doing now? Have we downgraded the risk of other people to the point where we can play with some kind of symptom and not have to test for COVID. When do we get to that point? I'm not saying that we accelerate and get to that point. I'm saying that I truly was nervous. I didn't want to spread anything. I didn't want to like, if I was a, truly a piece of shit, 
then I would just been, I'm not testing. I'm going, we're playing the shows. There's nothing, there's nothing saying I couldn't have done that, but I didn't. I tested, did the right thing and tested negative and went out and played the shows. But I am so curious how long, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because Matt and I, I have, first of all, on the show, I have Matt Shane, who's a good friend of mine out of New York. He's a recording engineer, producer, and I worked with him recording recording an EP a few years ago. And, and he's great. I love working with the guy. He has a great head of hair, a really great hat that I like that he used on that session. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because he's lived in the city. And the reason why I'm tying this all in together is he lives in the city and he has a completely different experience as far as COVID and testing and protocols. And he has two young kids and we have differing opinions on certain things and a threshold for, we just have different thresholds of how we feel about testing and being around other people and and whatever, which is fine, which is great. I love, I I think it's cool to have, have those conversations and see how other people experience things. I don't think any of it's wrong or I don't, I think it's cool. I think it's great. I think being safe and uh, protecting your family is the number one priority. But moving on, as we get deeper and deeper in this thing, I wonder, I truly wonder when it will just be gone. Because I don't think that feeling, that threshold of whether of testing when you have minor symptoms, if you're on a big tour, it happened with John Mayer. Half of his band, including him, went out and had to cancel the tour. But on these big scale events, you're more, you could spread it to so many more people more easily. And where's the threshold? That's just what I'm asking. I'm asking a question. Where's the threshold? What do you think the threshold is and how you feel about it? You can email into the podcast after the gig pod at gmail.com. And I'm truly curious of what you think that threshold is, should be, and how long you think it's going to last. Because man, that was really stressful. And to have, and to have that weight and that, that weight has been on so many people's shoulders. We had to have one of our openers cancel because they were sick with COVID. And obviously I'm glad they tested. I'm glad they didn't bring COVID into the green room or, or to the, any of the people that come out to the shows or to us, whatever. So it's I'm, I'm happy that didn't come in. But is it only because we gave it a name? If somebody had the flu coming in, I would be like, whoa, stay away from me and made a joke about it and then literally stayed away from them and played the show and, and not thought twice about it. But we've been so conditioned and uh, our, our brains have been rewired to be so cautious over this thing, which is like good and bad. And we talk a bit about it, how... I don't think people should go to work sick and spread it and spread things. And I don't think that the masks are are a bad thing for a situation like that when you're in close proximity with people and stuff. And maybe we adapt that kind of thing. I don't know. But also, fucking do what you want. (laughs) That's that's just how I feel. That is 100% how I feel. If you are listening to the beginning of this conversation and you're like, I can't take any more COVID talk then skip ahead to about like 25 minutes because we get we talk about it for a little bit and because it's a little bit different when it comes to studios and being in a room for hours and hours and and I think there's different types of rules because I have a recording session coming up in late June that 
they're requiring testing to be in the studio. And I think it's the studio's rules. And, and those rules don't really, I don't know, I, I don't think they really apply anywhere else. There's no mandate for any of that thing. And I wonder the legality of it. Because, I mean, I really don't want to have to, like, there's money on the line. There's jobs and all that. So if you think that there's people working jobs <laughs> testing all the time when they have the sniffles or like cough or whatever or mild symptoms they're not they're going to work people need to work nobody else is going to pay their bills but them so anyway if you're sick of that talk just skip ahead because we get into a lot of really great stuff with the new york scene and recording and just a lot of different things it was really a pleasure to talk to matt and and i hope you enjoy it sorry this is a little bit late couldn't be helped like i said i was sick and uh, this is the best I've been feeling in quite some time. This is episode 99, guys. The next one is 100. Really excited. Again, tell me what you think. I'm blabbering on and on. You can go to afterthegigpod at gmail.com to email. The merch store is afterthegigpod.com. Pretty sweet sweatshirts, t-shirts, all that. Rep your favorite podcast. Even if it's not this one, go to their website and get their stuff rep these people you know what i'm saying and a patreon.com slash after the gig where you can support the podcast and check out some exclusive content and be a part of the live after the gig podcasts when those happen without further ado let's get into it conversation with mr matt shane to Mark and I studio? Did you ever swing by in Brooklyn? That's not the one that we recorded with Annie, is it? No, that's Atomic. That's the bigger room that our friend Merle owns. Ours is nearby, but it's a smaller. But there's a skylight, and so I have this like white light on my face. I have one here, too, and I had to turn my my ISO on my camera way, way down. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm just <clears> using <throat> built-in thing, so I look like, uh, I don't know, I'm very bright. You look great, man. You look great. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. How are things you- in, in your world? How are things in your world, man? Brooklyn's good. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's been cold, but uh, now it's, I don't know, there's signs of spring, which is good. The family's good. Work's been good. It seems like there's been a lot going on in the last year and beginning of this year. I think both people like doing shows and saying, hey, we're playing. Do you want to come? Which is a something I was worried I might never hear again or yeah. feel comfortable doing. And then also getting in the studio again and working with bands and and stuff like that. What about you? Are you been home much or on the road? I saw a couple of carbon leaf things. Uh, it's kind of a mix of both. So we just started, we just started playing like our year of kicking things off a couple of weeks ago. We were down in Virginia for a few shows and we did a live stream as well. So we're sprinkling in live streams as we go. Yeah. I think we have three on the books right now, but it's not our main focus. It's just another one of the things that the pandemic offered that allowed us to try some different things and put it in front of our national audience, which was a nice option. We're working with Mandolin, who who does you know, the live stream thing. This time around, we worked with Bubble Up last year through our through a bunch of live streams. So it's cool, man. I think we have a new energy in the yeah. band. We're working on a new record, which is really fun. So there's a whole new thing. And uh, a lot of the things that 
were crushing in, in during the pandemic that like the unsureness of it all it has it feels like it's gone away a little bit like you said a lot of people are asking come out to my show and all that and I have been I've been fine with going out into public for a while now because we toured all throughout the fall throughout the country so I feel like that different I try to not let that perspective influence my opinion on how other people feel about it that maybe haven't had that same experience yeah because it's hard a lot of people are still scared to go out or yeah and it's understandable I mean I think I, I you have a young kid right yeah he's gonna be two in April and it's your only child. So I have two, but our youngest is still only four. So he can't get, he couldn't get the vaccine yet either. So we've, we basically, our view is like, at this point is basically, we're just going to test if we want to hang out with people and go to stuff. And unfortunately it's an added expense, but luckily we're able to get them for certain things and then and use them and stuff like that but yeah it's everybody's different and everybody's had different experiences with it all over basic in different areas like parts of the country and the world obviously so it's tricky but it's good to feel like maybe there's safe ways to do stuff now which is cool yeah for sure and and that's and it's i don't know it's like the new normal yeah and it's interesting because i feel like most like, how do you feel about New York lifting all the mandate stuff and all that? Do you have mixed feelings or you don't care? Or? It's, it's two things. One, I I would be fine with, I don't think they should lift because there's not a good, there's not a good testing protocol. Like even in the schools, like our youngest, if he, he has not had it, the he has not gotten sick, which is, we're very fortunate. But now... If somebody in his class tests positive, he's punished in the sense that he has to stay home for five days and then and test negative to come back, as opposed mm-hmm. to the other kids that have previously been sick within the last few months, they can just go to school. Yeah. You know, with a negative test. So it's why aren't we just giving the kids a test every morning if they're not vaccinated? It's not that many kids, and just test them every morning and let them keep going to school. So it's just like little things like that are very frustrating and stuff and I think to some extent, like some of the restaurant stuff is a little bit performative in the sense that if you wear a mask to the host stand and then you go to your seat and you take it off, it's like, there's really no difference. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, so so that doesn't make any sense to me. Some of the performative stuff is a little bit frustrating. I think that everybody just has to make a decision on where their priorities lie. And my thing this whole time, even from the beginning of the pandemic was, is it's all about limiting your risk exposure, right? So you basically have to do a priority ranking of what is more important, what am I willing to be riskier at? Do I want to risk exposure by going out to eat or do I want to potentially risk exposure by going in the studio and making, doing a recession, right? With a band, right? Where, mm. so, so it's like it, it, during the the shutdown times of it or whatever, like that, you know, we weren't going in the studio, but when we started to go back and things started to slowly reopen i was like i was much more willing to do tests and mask and do sessions than go to the go out to eat because yeah. like i wasn't worth it as much because i have young kids at home and all that but it the the music part of it or work and work seemed important enough in certain in certain situations to do it safely and i think now that everybody's boosted and vaxxed and stuff it's been getting easier and 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 we're pretty we're careful but we're pretty mellow about it i think like yeah. i know some people like that will not hang out with anyone that's unvaccinated and early 
early on when it was so scary when you didn't know really when not as many people that you knew were getting it like with the, with the last wave of omicron i got it my wife my son we all had it for a couple of weeks and once you realize once i realized that oh this thing yeah the vaccine is really just is really for me because it's protecting me but i can still get it i'm i'm still spreading it as soon as that became the trend and what it was doing i completely changed my whole mindset about it i feel like i had a similar thing i got it right over christmas so like i oh, tested, so you had it i had it but so i literally i did a session it was supposed to be like a three-day tracking session i did the first day and then the next and then that night i like had a headache or whatever and then i woke up at four in the morning what would have been day two of the tracking dates and i was like i don't feel well so i took a test and it was positive so then yeah. i everybody in the band and I stayed home and bailed from the sessions. We had been masked in the sessions and everybody had tested prior to the session. And so nobody else got sick. And then, and fortunately, whatever, we had sounds. And so the assistant and the producer ran Pro Tools and did everything. It was fine. Like they got the recording done. Everything was great. But I stayed home. But then we, I just isolated. This was like the Monday or Tuesday before Christmas. So I just isolated in our bedroom, my wife and I's bedroom. And then we had air purifiers in the apartment from years preceding the pandemic thing. And so we just were running those in the hall full blast. And I just stayed away from the kids and, and my wife, except when masked to, to, ha to get food or whatever. And they didn't get it. None of them got sick, which is great. Nice. It's great. Me, everybody's experience is different. I was lucky and partially because I had the vaccine and the booster. It was very mild. I felt hungover for two days. Oh and yeah little tired i just felt really i like but but that was it and then i stayed i did the full isolation course and then I, I think by the end of the eighth day or whatever it was i the rapid tests were negative again and then the and then the pcr eventually came back negative and then i came out of quarantine or whatever it was not a fun christmas holiday but no that's the worst time but that also but i was it was a little bit of a like a relief in the sense that oh okay we're all Basically, my family, the kids and wife who are eligible, got the vaccine and the booster when it was eligible. And we none of us had uh, negative reactions to those. So I'm just like, OK, we all had the same similar reactions to the vaccine and stuff. And my reaction to getting the illness was mild. I feel a, I felt personally a big sigh of relief if the kid kids were to get it from school or my wife was to get it from something, I felt, okay, I feel very strongly that we're not going to be in a hospitalization, serious illness situation, thankfully, which is how I yeah. felt. So then it made, so then that was a big sense of relief where we were like, okay, great. Let's start trying to get back into the swing of things and we'll just implement test it, the rapid tests and stuff like that. And granted, nothing's hundred percent perfect, but the, that plan has worked so far where we want to make plans with people. We've Say, okay, we're going to meet up for, we'll go over to your house for brunch on Sunday. So Sunday morning we wake up, we test the kids, we take a test. And if they, if everybody's good, then we hang out and it's great. Cool. So I think, so I think that's helped a lot. I personally don't mind wearing the mask. Like it's obviously no fun to wear it for eight or 10 hours in a studio all day and all that stuff. That That's no fun. And you want to see people's facial re expressions and stuff when you're working and hanging out. But I went to a show recently to see a band 
that I work with at Mercury Lounge, and it was super fun. They checked vaccine cards to get in on your IDs and all that stuff, which is great. And I wore my mask, and not everybody else in there wore theirs, but whatever. It's it's fine. So I just think I think I think hopefully what I hope is that people will will choose to put a mask on if they don't feel well no matter what happens in the future right like that's the one that's the one thing that i think has been a good adjustment now th- there's a lot of stuff there that i i don't necessarily feel the same way about but it eat to each their own but i do think that if you're sick the, the, a big problem is people a lot of people are going to work sick oh which, yeah which is a bummer it's a bummer that they feel that they have to do that in in the first place it's a bummer that they do it but i do think that the adjustment there is it's it's okay if you're sick to go to a place and wear a mask if you're if you think you might have be coming down with something um i i personally i i'm I, with my ex, like experience of of doing the traveling and then coming home like nothing happening coming home and then i'm pretty sh- and then you don't really know exactly i don't really know exactly how we got it but um, pretty sure we picked it up from our son who took it home from from daycare. Yeah, because we were all together. They they're carriers, they're little snot boxes. But after that whole thing, I was so nervous before we got it about like you know, the hospitalization. Like I have Crohn's disease. I take I'm immunosuppressed. I was like, man, I'm not bu- boosted, but I do have both doses of the vaccine. And and I just after we all got it, and we were all like, oh okay. This was, that's what it is. And we were lucky for that to be our experience. And I tried to remember that and not, again, not try to like push that idea onto someone else who is, who may be more hesitant and stuff like that. But I'm totally in a place of, I don't think the kids should be wearing the mask. I think they should be in school. I think they have such low risks that it doesn't really do whatever, but I don't have a kid in school. Like I don't really have, I I don't have the, it's not up to me basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's imp- and it's important to for people to remember that it's just you can feel the way you feel, and then life goes on. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens when they lift everything here, to see how many people do just take it off and never go back or whatever, and to see what happens. But I thought I, it was I thought it was all lifted there. I might have heard that heard that wrong. For I think they make a call about schools tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. I, lifted it and i think that everywhere except for schools and hospitals again i'm not sure when you're gonna post this or whatever a few weeks yeah so it won't matter it'll be lifted by then but i think the idea was they were going to look at the numbers lifting it in all the sort of non-children areas so not schools and not in hospitals and then as of the 7th or something it was going to be lifted in schools i think or something like that but yeah i again yeah it's i don't know i think the thing that we can all agree on is that we hope to god that there is that there's no new variant that there's that this is really it and that we can slow, just get back to it they lifted everything in Rhode Island yeah. and i i haven't seen a person with a mask in in ages in, in like weeks here so it's just a different completely different vibe and experience but you're in New York City you're in like the the most like populated air, yeah, areas yeah. so yeah. I think, and I, but again, bars and restaurants and stuff are packed, and shub, clothes and sorry, shows and clubs are packed, and I think that the reports or whatever are good, or I think things are getting better, and the water, the weather's trending warmer, stuff more yeah. stuff outside. And I think it's great, and 
I, I, yeah, I just think it continues that way. I'm, I personally think it's one of those things where something is always going to be around and something, some form of the vaccine is going to be like the kind of thing we have with the flu shot each year, normal public health course or something. But I think it's, I think at this point we know enough to know what, what we're comfortable with and okay with. And yeah. Yeah, and those things will continue to improve as it evolves. The vaccines will continue to improve, and the treatments will continue to improve. So it's only—I really think it's only—it could be naive. It could there could be some crazy variant that nobody knows about. But to me, it seems like we're on the up and up, which is a great feeling. Yeah, I I just can't imagine both. I just can't imagine hitting like summer touring season and next fall, and there being as much of the cancellation and stuff and reschedule it just i can't imagine that there's no. and people like that will allow it it seems to me that capacities are full places people are oh, for sure. going to stuff i i did a when was it we did a i did a gig with a live gig and the promoter at the club or whatever was saying that they They've had basically the issue of the shows would sell out at the half capacity limit, but then half of those people just wouldn't even show up. So you'd have right. a quarter full house. This this is back in last fall, late summer, fall or whatever. So you'd, you'd have it. The limits were on the capacity to 50% and every other whatever seat, however they do it, I don't know. And then people weren't getting refunds, asking for refunds for the tickets. They just weren't necessarily coming. And it, Yeah, they're supporting and not coming. Whether they meant to do that or they just... That week, it just things spiked, and they felt oh, I'm not going to go out, and it just what it, they bought the tickets so long ago, they just said whatever, let's move on. I don't know, but it seems to me I, everything looks pretty full on, and it is interesting how similar uh, all humans and the way that we react are because it's interesting you say that um, w- not when it was half capacity, but when it was when it went back to full capacity. Across the board in touring, I talked to booking agents and managers and clubs and all that stuff. And across the board, 20 to 30% of people were either purchasing tickets and not showing up. And then, and then when once things improved, you would see just like ticket sales in general would be 20 to 30% down, but everybody would be showing up who, who bought a ticket. So it's funny because you have, you know, a third or so or, or whatever of, of people that that just have that mindset. And then there's another percentage of people that are just like, don't care. We're going to go out no matter what. And then there's, I think, the majority that go out with this optimistic but cautiousness. Like they'll go to the show, but they'll wear their mask and or maybe they'll stand in the back. They won't get up, up front like they normally or would tr- normally try to do, which... I- yeah, for me personally, it's my personal thing is that if our youngest, when and if our youngest is vaccinated, then it's like game on. Until yeah, then, I feel like, and, 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 and until then, I feel like if I'm going to go to a show and I'm not, again, if you take it off to drink a beer, it's once it's then it's like kind of mood or whatever to some extent, but it's if it's not harming anything or whatever, or like the other thing is I had, I went to a show and like, I knew I was traveling to see my parents and, w- and one of my parents had it, but the other one hadn't, even though they were together. So who knows they were together. So it's like, if it's not a big deal, I'll wear it just in case something else is floating around the venue, whatever it helps. But, it's um, inter- It's interesting. Cause you, 
we have we both probably have the same mindset of it's not really worth it to go to the show because when I've gone to shows during the in the midst of the pandemic, it was on my mind the like most of the time. And I was like, okay, I hope for the best here. And uh, yeah, it totally is. But I, you wonder, it's like, are we thinking about it because we're normally in this situation and it's maybe not so special for us rather than somebody who it's like, that was other than work and maybe or, or going to school or doing whatever they do. That is like their outlet. Like they have to have this thing or their life isn't fulfilled or something like that. It's an interest it's an interesting idea. Yeah, and I and I've also it's interesting knowing people it's it's just every it's again, I try to would try to make a choice that is beneficial to the overall greater good. But so many everybody's situation's different, whether you're young and single or young and married with no kids or have multiple kids or you have an immunocompromised situation. Blah, everybody's situation's different. I think that there's a million there's a million ways to peel the onion. Impossible to make a blanket. Yeah, it's impossible to make like a blanket thing. Everybody gets into trouble is trying to like hammer a bl- at this stage, right? Like early on, when you don't know anything, then you can make certain more general blanket uh, like th- rules or things you need to do and, and whatever but i, I don't want to i just want to get back to doing dude me too nothing. <laughs> just try to be do you know be as safe as possible session yesterday or the past couple of days for this thing i'm working on a post-production thing and we had to do some like voiceover and adr work or whatever with some of the actors that are in it and Basically, everybody just we came. Everybody came, and it, you either had to take a rapid test in the morning of the session, or the producer for the thing had tests here at the studio, and so we all had masks on. And then everybody arrived at the same time, and everybody took a test. And then once everybody's test, fifteen minutes later, we were all negative. So it's okay. Let's do the session. And they were hanging out, smiling, normal, all good. And I think that I think there's no reason that can't happen for all sorts of stuff. Yeah, totally. I think that's a fine way to to keep going and all that. Sounds cool, but nice. What yeah. do you have? What do you have going on in the studio these days? I'm in the midst of so I do all the audio work except for s- scoring. Like I don't, I'm not the person scoring the music for the for this particular thing, but I'm mixing all the score. I'm mixing the, I'm doing all the dialogue editing, all the sound effects, foley work, all the re-record mixing, so all the audio post production for this psychological thriller web series that is a friend of mine from way back from college that I've been working with for a while wrote and directed it and it's the first two seasons are out on this streaming platform called Topic which they licensed the show and we're in the middle of doing season three which so overall it's about it will be about six hours of, of content of a journey each season's about two hours worth of stuff cut up into into 20 or 30 minute episodes Oh, that sounds really interesting. Uh, cool. It's pretty wild, and that's a lot of fun. And then, so we're in the middle of that. So we're basically finalizing the all the, that's what the ADR stuff was for that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And so we're finalizing that, and then we should go to the mix stage to do the final mix, which I won't do at my place because I don't have a surround sort of set up here. But we'll do that in a couple of weeks, I think, and then it'll get delivered to the distributor, and then they'll it should release like in the late summer, I think. Um, nice cool story it's pretty wild and the the cast is pretty awesome it's called uh, the accidental wolf and it hmm. stars um kelly o'hara um, cool. and a bunch 
of other people that we started it like in 2017 with this one little sort of pilot 15 minute thing that they that we made they shot it and created it and then brought me in to do the sound stuff and it blossomed into this full sort of series which is cool and so the there's people in it that like there's so many people in it that you'll recognize from like TV shows and movies because we've been making it for so long and it's cool. And so you'll see somebody that's like a major actor and they'll be playing this like tiny little part, like a gas station attendant or something. In this- <laughs> and like, it's pretty wild that the creator that does a bunch of stuff on Broadway and things like that. And he called, I think he called in a lot of favors and friends and got people involved. So it's really cool. So I've been doing that. And then I did a lot of remote mixing throughout the pandemic, like with, the um sound move what's it called audio movers plug-in with somebody on the other line like and zoom like listening to mixes oh gotcha so interesting there's a mark hit me to it i had been doing it a different way but this is a much easier way but it's this thing called audio movers and you install it in pro tools or logic on your master fader and then i can or an extra fader and then you can stream at any level depending on your internet connection a mix to somebody i think you can do up to if you depending on you can do more you can do multi-track i guess too but this way we would just do a stereo mix and then they would either go to a google chrome link and just play it through their browser wherever they are or you could insert the receive plugin in your daw at your house so if i'm mixing a song of yours you and i could be on zoom and you'd be hearing in near real time with me like a 16-bit 44k stereo stream like a whoa and then and it's cheap so you and you can the i think it's five bucks a week or something so you can just turn it on and off when you want to use it so i was doing a lot of that over the pandemic which was cool and i like working alone i think part of the thing today i don't know if you find this because you play in so many different bands and do so much different stuff but budgets are obviously very small these days to do stuff so you end up i end up like having three or four things going on at the same time and i'll like work on I'll mix a song and work on stuff for an artist in the morning one day and I'll get it to a point where I need them to like chime in and comment. So I'll send them the mix. And then in the afternoon, while I wait for them to get back to me, I might switch to this other thing and make stems for this thing I finished that was approved or upload this or that. So it's really helpful for time management and efficiency to work alone basically. So I like to like, I like to get the mixes to 90% by myself and then give somebody something really close to have an initial emotional reaction to. And then we can get together either in person now or over this plugin, like remotely and like really hash through the details of, Oh, I want to try less reverb or this or that, or a delay or this or that, or try this weird effect thing together, blah, blah, blah. At the most efficient thing, because I sort of learned a long time ago that it's not really beneficial for you to sit here while I'm like soloing the kick drum, listening to. Oh the, yeah. That's brutal. Note. And it doesn't. So I want you to walk in and just hit play with the speakers up and go and react to it. And essentially that's what I know that if I send a song of mine that I'm working on out to be mixed, that's the feeling I want to get. I want to hear it back and be like, Oh, nice. That's what I was. That's great. I don't necessarily want to sit there while a kick make any kind of decision on the nuances of a kick or a snare. I want to tell you, this is what I'm looking for. You take the notes, you do it, whatever you got to do to get it to your point. So you can like just quietly not have someone backseat driving or like looking over your shoulder while you're trying to do your thing and work. And you might have to like, 
I, I can imagine that you wouldn't ever want to have to explain yourself or what you're doing when you're doing it because you have your own way of working. You just want to show them the final product. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that, but also, yeah, you want, I want the first time they hear it. I don't want any preconceived notions like when they listen to it, right? You want that first reaction of something isn't sitting right. You go, I can't figure rather than because people's ears get tired, right? So yeah, somebody yeah. in the control room the whole time I'm mixing, then their ears are going to be just as fatigued as mine potentially or jaded or whatever it is to what they're listening to that they might react differently. I also like the other thing is it's so rare to be mixing in a studio with a band for me anyways, for the bands that I work with and the way that I work, it's, Aside from now, it's getting better because people can come to my studio and hang out with me and we can do it. But it, it's so rare that you would be mixing on like a console spread out and you'd take two weeks to mix a record and you'd mix a song and take it home and then come back in the morning and make tweaks based on what you took home and then print it and move on. Everybody wants to tweak infinitely and have stems and all the stuff for remixes and blah, blah, blah. So everything to be recallable even six months later or a year later so it it's really helpful to like not to have somebody be able to listen in their environment where they listen to music to get a true representation of of the comments because it doesn't also help if i know my room has like a weird bass thing if you sit over there right yeah yeah but he's in the band's hanging out and the, the bass player is always sitting in that corner and he's, oh man, this bass, there's no bass. Turn up the bass. But it's, I know the bass is because I'm sitting right here, but I know in that corner there's like a, there's like a null point in it or whatever. So yeah. they're listening at home on the speakers or headphones. They listen to every other thing they ever listen to on their records or Spotify or whatever they're streaming all the time. But the stuff they're comparing the mixes to, then I hope that like the notes I'll get at least initially will be more accurate or more easy to it to apply to the mix. And then we can get together and do that last five or 10% and really get it over the finish line. Right. Um, and ready for, for the next, for mastering or whatever. So, but yeah, I've been, so yeah, I did the post-production thing, which is busy right now. And then I've been mixing stuff remotely. I've done, I did a record, I guess the end of last year we recorded it, which was what I got sick on. And then I mixed it like early in, a couple weeks ago, I was mixing that for an artist, and she's going to put it out. Uh, she's, I think she's going to start putting out singles soon. She's doing like a little tour in Europe, and then we'll be releasing it possibly as like an album later in the summer. She wants to maybe add some songs, write some between now and the summer, and then do a few more. So it would fill it out. So that's been cool. And then that's an interesting way of, of approaching it that I think a lot more artists are doing. They're trying to extend their content rollout. Yeah. I've been pro telling people to do that for years. Yeah. Partly because a lot of times the budgets are really tight. And so I'm like, well, why don't we, instead of trying to like barely get 10 songs done to where there's like a great sounding demo, let's take four songs or three songs and, ma and make them killer. Then you put out one every six weeks or one a month and play shows and save up some money and then let's do the next three. And if the three and if if you write three more that are you're more excited about, let's do those or let's do the next three on the group. And cause I think like nowadays, as you know from personal experience, I, I don't it's rare to be able to sit down and listen to the entire album straight through right when it comes out. Like I just right. constantly am like Oh, a new thing by this person, bookmark it. And then I've got this running list of stuff I've albums I've bookmarked in in the app or whatever, and I just go to them when I get time and try to chip away at it. But I've got stuff that came out months ago I haven't really 
dug into yet. That's something I'm just like, people are only going to, like, what are they going to do? They're going to listen to the first song and then they're going to either be into it and keep listening or they're not and they're going to skip. And it's, they're going to, maybe they'll skip through all 10 eventually, but I just wonder if it's better. But then it's like months and months before you give them something else to listen to. Whereas if you have a few things you can roll out staggered, it's like you're popping up in their timelines. Right. timelines each month and then it's something else for them to click share on or can pass around so somebody that does that has done that with their latest release is john mayer he came out with i think it was like three or four songs that he released on his album sob rock but we heard them on his tour in 2019 because they were a couple of the songs released as singles the song new light and i i the other names of the songs are escaping me right now. Last Train Home, is that one of them? Last Train, actually, Last Train Home was released as a single right before the entire album came out. So when the entire album came out, you were already familiar with four four of the 10 songs or five yeah. of the 10 songs on the album. So yeah. you had these songs that were already proven in a live and also did very well in in radio or streaming and 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 stuff uh where things can do well now and you had already had that familiarity and you couldn't wait to hear the new songs i'm a fan so i couldn't wait to hear them in the first place but i imagine with what you're saying you have this song and you might skip it but you're skipping to something that you haven't heard before so you're essentially still engaged in the entire work of art but you have created a familiarity with this piece of music that you're releasing yeah i just also think it's not good because everybody's attention spans are so short or there's so much that's getting put in front of us each day by by bands and artists we like that i think it's not good to go six or ten months without having anything new so i think i i and i think the other thing is now that primarily people are putting out stuff on the digital platforms and then doing like vinyl, which is amazing, but it is like a sort of vanity collector's item thing. Like you want to make it something really nice that a band, nobody's just doing a white paper sleeve and a white label black disc, right? Yeah, like it has to be interesting. Yeah. And so I think that like you put out a single every month or two or you, and then eventually you get, and then you build up to, you can release those same songs along with a bunch of others as an album and it's still special because it has art and it has a packaging thing. So I, that's the sort of thing where I'm like, let's do a few. There's another band that I work with where we've done that. We've done a couple of songs and then we did a couple more and they would release a single. And then eventually once we did the second batch, they had an EP and they put out the EP with new art and, and new and like interludes or whatever, but a couple of the songs had come out as singles. And then right. it's just something else. You don't disappear out of people's, I don't know, like th- their periphery or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like anything listening to, you know? Yeah. It's like anything you want to stay in the hearts and minds. Really? That was the, so you're writing a new carbon leaf record now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when was the last thing you put out? We are doing it the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it is not that. So we had released new music. Our other problem is we're one of these working class bands that makes has to make its a certain amount of money 
per year. It's a business for us. We live off of it and we have to play X amount of shows and we have to do X amount of private things, X, sell X amount of merchandise. So when you get into that system, it doesn't leave, if, if you have families and stuff like that and other things going on, it doesn't leave a ton of extra time to really be as creative as you want to be and to put out to create a content calendar or, or to create create new music to come out at all times. So we we came out with a, a five song EP in in 2019, and we were supposed to come out with a full length album that hadn't been written yet in 2020. But obviously everything happened. We weren't together. We couldn't get it done, and which was completely understandable. People get it, and now we are in the process of writing it. We're going to record it ourselves. We're going to you know, mix it and everything, put it out. But now that we're talking about this, I'm like, maybe we don't just release the whole thing all at once. Maybe we pick a couple and then keep working and just keep recording and writing over, over in little snippets over the course of the year. And that way you're not trying to just bang, bang, get this like big thing. It's always so hard to just look at the mountain that is in front of you, knowing that you have to climb this whole thing rather than to just look down, take one step at a time, one step at a time, you know? Do you, it's also daunting to go, what if it doesn't do anything? Having something big, what if it doesn't make a big splash? Whereas if it's just one song, you're like, okay, we're going to keep working it and we'll put put out the next one. Adjust or whatever. Yeah, and if you start, but also a band that plays live all the time. When you guys start getting back on the out on the road, the shows get tighter as the tour goes on. Like happens and gets better, and so you'd you want to be able to not put the pressure on yourself to have twelve tunes in the can ready to go and a record in your pocket before you get out on the road. It's I can understand where that's enticing too because you may write something on a day off and work it out during sound check over the next couple of shows or something. The other thing that I've talk to a few people about doing is basically like releasing the singles and promoting a single every however long you want to do it but then if you're playing shows you can put together a physical thing that is everything but it's yeah. not a free out but you sell it as to direct to fans so that way you're pocketing the highest percentage of the money after expenses and so i've talked to some people about about them like doing that so we've done the thing and gotten it mastered and they're going to go play a bunch of shows so they'll make a a, what looks like a bootleg run of cds or like small disc makers run to sell to the diehards that want to own it now before it's on the streamers and depending on your demographic a lot of people may still have cd players in their cars or whatever or they'll just rip it but they want it now rather than wait six months till it gets released quote unquote on apple music or spotify or whatever officially yeah it's all that's a great play and a great idea i i really think that we um and and there was always this debate of within bands of should we do eps or singles or full-length albums and there's always this draw as and i feel like listeners do not feel this way at all about things but it's like there's this draw like we want to complete this full-length piece of artwork and just and do it it's one completed thing it's very it's uh put a bow on it and it's done and i think there is the idea and i think it is still artistic to do these things like we're talking about right now and still have something that is cohesive to be proud of but essentially 
makes things more attainable and listenable and rolls it out, keeps you in the minds of people. And that's, it's a good point. It's a really good point. And it's, it's definitely a change in our attention span for sure, which has been slowly or quickly getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah. Is it getting smaller? It's just pulled in more directions. I don't. Yeah. Cause there's so much out there. Like yeah. there's so much out there. Like you said, like you find something new that you want to listen to on Spotify or something and you just have so much to listen to. There's so yeah. much at your fingertips. And rather than the days of Napster or LimeWire or something like that, it's all it's all looks good. It's all presented really well to the point where it's easy to put in a library. It's easy to put in a playlist. It's easy to to it's just so accessible. Yeah. that it makes it hard to listen to everything. What's the thing where you're like par par paralyzed by like options and choice? Yeah, you know? that's me. Literally sure. anything. So it's like, oh, I could listen to this new thing, but it's like, oh, I was thinking about this the other day. I haven't heard that in ages. And now, so yeah, I don't know. I'm still listening I, to like the same three or four albums too. <laughs> so I like, I am so bad about finding new stuff that I like that. I, I don't know if I'm turning into an old guy or something, but just I'm, I'm trying to find interesting music that I don't know maybe I'm just going in the in the wrong direction and listening to the wrong things that are just like dumbed down and not accessible to me I'm trying to listen to things that are too young you know what I mean yeah maybe I don't know it's I, I know. like I like to try to check everything out that I can but it's also you're I don't know I'm listening to stuff I'm working on all, all during the day or yeah end of the day i don't necessarily want to wind down and listen to something else new or different like sometimes i want to either listen to a podcast or put on something like i know something i'm i already know like something i love from wherever way, way back or whenever rather what's, than like, try to focus on something new and get inside of it and listen to it gotcha what's your ideal recreational listening spot normally people listen to podcasts or music in the car whatever i imagine that's not really a thing in new york like you pop your headphones on on i i like listening to pot i listen to i like listening to podcasts when i go running because okay I, think I you're not like a rocky four soundtrack kind of guy on, on i find i really i find listening to music really annoying and distracting when i run because i find i have to either run in tempo or in some sort of weird polyrhythm again you know what i'm saying and yeah and it, it's annoying because then you're like constantly changing the like vibe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I find that from a exercise standpoint, if I just put on people talking, it just goes by it and I realize, Oh, it's been an hour and I'm still running. That's good exercise. So yeah, for sure. Music. I like listening to music in, in the studio just cause it sounds the best it can there. But at home, just, we, I have a couple of, um, so no speakers in in the living room and and that's generally there's generally something always playing there they make great stuff don't they sonos it's pretty amazing yeah people it's always fantastic. ask like, people are like oh you have a fancy studio and fancy speakers what do you have at home what would you put it i was like just get sonos and get good wi-fi and you're gonna be cruising. Dude, so it's, easy it's so easy the connectivity is amazing you like i have mine linked up to the google home and all that stuff and it's like so easy it's so easy just listen to anything you want at any time in pristine like great audio yeah it'll even do the room correction thing now like you yep. can run a little app and it'll do an eq thing to fix your room which is which is interesting for sure but 
Yeah, so that, I think that. So, and I like in the cars cool too. We did. We are one of those people that got a car during the pandemic. So, which has been nice. I'm getting one in a couple of weeks. I ordered one. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's been good. So yeah, I like. Um, I always like listening to music on drives, and I don't really like driving that much. It's not like my favorite thing to do because it's stressful in the city with the traffic and the right. stop and stuff. But uh, I. It, uh, there's a good nostalgia to like back when I did love driving, like in high school and listening, going on road trips and listening to mixtapes or whatever, trading mixtapes with people and stuff like that. So I dig that. But yeah, what about you? Mostly in the car because I I do I drive quite a bit. So that was like my wife has a car with a nice sound system in it. My my truck, which is a lease, has a really a nice JBL sound system in it. Right now I that kind of is swaying my decision on what I want to get or if I want to stay with what I got or whatever. So I'm actually getting something with something decent and I'm going to put something a little nicer in it, but cause I'm in the car a lot. Yeah. Um, oh so. yeah. I had a minivan in high school and I had the giant speaker system in the back with all the subs and stuff. Oh, yeah. It was pretty massive. <laughs> yeah. But I'm mostly, I'm, I'm like, I'm like mostly a podcast guy. I yeah. listen to what I normally do and, and if I'm trying to like figure out something or, or, or try to get creative, I'll, I'll listen to some different stuff to get some inspiration on sounds and, and what's new and happening. I, I don't like to get caught up in, in what I normally would do. I like to switch it up and not get complacent for sure. But yeah, normally it's like podcasts in the car. I'm going for a walk or something. I'll pop the headphones in and listen to some podcasts or whatever. Or, uh, what podcast are you into? I like comedy podcasts a lot. I don't normally listen to my own. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. Have you uh, have you listened to Smartless? No. Oh, okay. So we went. We got into this. They started it in the pandemic, and my wife's sister and husband turned us on to it. It's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sh- Sean Hayes, who are like best friends in real life, and they basically talk shit to each other and interview a special guest each week but one person brings a special guest on and the other two don't know who it is oh that's cool they surprise them and with who it is and and it's and they've had it start they've got whatever like 60 something episodes out at this point so you can go way back but it's it's early on it was like colbert and conan and and then they get musicians on like they had mccartney and darius rucker and oh wow it's funny and it's good. And they have Neil deGrasse Tyson and like scientists and politicians and, but it is very funny and they talk a lot of smack to each other. And I love it. I love that. I'm going to definitely, it's a good comedy one. I love I, Jason Bateman too. He's the, he's the man. Yeah. They're Will, good. Will Arnett too. They're all great. Or, you know. Yeah. So you'll like that one if you're real into the comedy ones. Um, For sure. I listened to, I've been listening to your mom's house forever with Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P. Oh, awesome. I, I'm dude. I love yeah. Somebody else recommended that recently as well. Yeah, you have to have a certain sense of humor for it. You have to be a little dark. <laughs> I feel like if they said are hanging out, I'll probably dig it. I'll check it out. Yeah, there's some messed up stuff in there, but it's also really funny. Are you coming down? You got anything coming to New York anytime soon? Speaking of hanging out after the gigs. Yeah, man. Let's see. Probably not until later in the year, unless I book something. Normally, I'd be trying to get some recording gigs down there with various people but that just hasn't really happened i've to take it back to what we were talking about before i've been a little bit off the the grid as far as being into what people are 
doing and trying to trying to do that. So this is um, I'll be getting back into it. Things have just been busy, and like when you have a kid, things just everything just changes, and our schedules change. We're shopping for houses, so just things yeah. are really busy. So I'd like to get back in. in studio and and be doing more work and and creating more and when i'd love for you to hear this this little acoustic cover tune that i've been that i just finished i gotta figure out how i'm gonna who's gonna master it i've never had one of my things mastered before and so maybe you can give me some insight on that yeah man all right, definitely. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. You can make recommendations as well. Um, For sure. Yeah, dude. I will take all the critiquing and recommendations I can get. I've never released anything of my own and I really that's a big goal of mine name? this year. What's that? You doing it under your name? Yeah. Okay. I already know yet. And like a name for your solo stuff other than your name. So. Dude, I would love to come up with some kind of cool stage name. That would be amazing, but I am not that savvy and creative. Bearded Wonder releases new single. <laughs> out of Shape Man. That's You going to go see Out of Shape Man tonight? Sure. Yeah. He's just sweaty all the time, but he sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Are you playing everything on it? I am I'm playing the acoustic guitars and I'm doing the vocal and and I had my buddy Ty Bailey do the keys who plays who played keys for Katy Perry for a long time and he's with Joss Stone now and he was with Alan Stone obviously the Stones yeah not yeah not the Rolling Stones but the other Stones that's cool awesome yeah fantastic he's good what's that he's good is what you're saying he's really he's really good yeah he's really good he's a fun hang man he's that guy if you should follow him on Instagram his name's Ty Bailey all right really good yeah man Smash the like and the subscribe button. Smash it. Yeah, this is awesome. This yeah, is so- an hour full of great, fun conversation. Yeah, and we can you can chop down a bunch of the depressing COVID talk. The, the, the COVID talk. That was a long. That was like twenty minutes of COVID talk. I know. <laughs> it's good though because I feel like I'm mostly talking to people that have relatively like the same feeling and same opinion about it as I do, and I and I think I love hearing. I'm, I- same way it's very good it's interesting to talk to people who aren't in the city about it because it's such a different the whole time period the whole two years or whatever has been such a wildly different experience so it's good and it's also been good to get out of the city and be around other parts of the country or whatever that are operating under different circumstances at the in those whatever parts of the world you know i'll tell you man in the fall I was so, it was so baffling by how different every city we went to was. Like you'd go to Texas, people were still like wearing masks indoors and, and, and stuff like that, but it was Austin. So it's not real Texas. It's liberal Texas. So you would, you'd go through the rest of it and go to Bucky's or something. And everyone was like, what's a mask? And then, and then you would get into san diego which was the same vibe you would think you're in you're still in california but no it's like it didn't exist down there um people people are on the beach carefree all that stuff and then you would head up north la was a little was getting was pretty strict but like just the idea around it with the actual people that lived there was still pretty loose and then 
San Francisco was just like hardcore. If you are not wearing a mask, you are pariah. You, you every everywhere you go, you have to show your vax card. It was completely different. Oregon, pretty loose. I'm not going to go through every city, but but you get the idea. It's like anywhere, yeah. everywhere you go, it was completely different. And where we live now is basically like, all right, what, what are we doing today? All right, fine. Yeah, we're good. We're not. We're everyone was pretty much pretty relaxed about it nowadays. So it's wild to have this thing that is happening simultaneously everywhere and seeing how different places are reacting and addressing it or not addressing it as the case may be in some right. place, depending on the time. So it's interesting. And yeah. I think obviously as we get more and more on the other side of it, it's going to be this, tr- it's going to be this like just unbelievable amount of data and research to pour over for people to sit to to come to conclusions looking back on what did or didn't work and hopefully that can be used to plan and address any future sort of similar situation you know that's the big thing is i hope we all learned from this i was really nothing where we can get back into it, but it's, i was really amazed by learning how fragile our whole system is and our whole way of life is the supply chain stuff the the, just learning more about the scientific field and the way it all works and how it affects and how all these things that were affected by the pandemic and the virus snowballed and and affected other things It, it really it really shined a light to me on our healthcare system and how much help and how much work it really needs and how neglected it really is. Whether you care about vaccines or the COVID itself, just like how expensive it it all is and how it buries some people is just for routine things. I, man, I am such an advocate for getting that whole thing on track for people. Nobody should go to the hospital or for or go into an emergency room for anything and potentially be like have to worry about paying their rent the next day because they have or or paying their rent for the next few months because yeah. they, they're buried in a medical bill for going to check out their broken pinky. It's absurd that completely um, absurd that you can't that supposedly it's too it's we're not able to provide health care for everybody and we're supposed to be the um most amazing nation or whatever richest nation in the world apparently i'm with you on that i think it's absurd it's absurd the healthcare thing is is ridiculous and you're right it did it shined a light on just everything like just how it all fits together and all the systems and, and the, the school systems and everything it's just it's wild and also the value that we put on certain on certain things in our society, like the value we put on teachers, on healthcare workers, the value we put on essential delivery drivers, or the value we put on whatever. There's always going to be a hierarchy, hierarchy, and I'm definitely for capitalism. I think it's the best version that we have, but I am not into the, the corrupt capitalism that we apparently have today, and we don't have to get into this. But this is a big topic. But the thing is, I don't like it when when not everyone play 
gets to play with the same rules when there's certain rules for some people and then there's other rules for others. And I think that is really, that was completely apparent throughout this whole pandemic. Yeah, I think that's something that was was definitely apparent, and it's probably also something that's one of those things you can trace back to the beginning of time. Oh on, yeah, for better or for worse. But yeah, it's like I'm, power, money are one are one thing, and, uh, and that's great. The people that are just ultra competitive, they're going to get ahead. They're going to have what they're going to have, and that and we and that, and I I think it's validated. But when people I think we've come to a point in society where we should have a certain level of, I guess you'd call them rights, things that just are taken care of. Like we have come so far, we can do this. This is what we're going to do. And then we worry about the next thing, the next fucking hundred years. Yeah. We can get into it on another time. (laughs) Also, can we please just get younger charismatic leadership? Like why do we have... Septuagenarian. I just. I think a lot of the problem is these guys are just holding on to power, and they still oh, have yeah. the they still have the power to to change or, or keep the status quo and keep their thing. There's no, there is no reason why a, a politician should be able to to influence the stock market and make trades based on those decisions that is insider trading it's illegal it's absolutely insane that someone like nancy pelosi is has a hundred million dollars during her tenure as a senator or whatever the fuck it's outrageous and the fact that like these lobbies these corporations lobby these politicians they're in they're in their back pockets that is essentially why we can't go anywhere that's essentially why we can't make these positive changes and it's essentially why people the the wealth gap is so wide it's they can talk all they want about they want to change it this is what needs to happen this needs this is what needs to go but until they stop making millions of dollars they have no incentive to change anything <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I'm with you on that. I think. Sorry, I get fired up about this stuff. No, I'm with you. I think that, yeah, term limits, man. Yeah, dude. All right. We agree (laughs) on that. (laughs) All right, man. I'll let you get back to it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Always down. Thanks, Jesse. See you, dude. Cheers, man. Bye. And that is it. That is the podcast. That's my conversation with Matt Shane. Thank you so much for hanging and listening. I hope the COVID talk wasn't too annoying. Hopefully we can move away with it when it's not so much of a thing in this industry because I'm sick of talking about it. Anyway, so I'll be in Ireland for the next 10 days. So you might not hear from me for a little bit, but keep me in your hearts and minds. Again, you can email into afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Check out the merch store afterthegigpod.com or you can head over to patreon.com slash afterthegig to support the show and check out some extra content over there. All right. Goodbye. Slancha. Such a lovely sight And oh I think we're making love tonight And we was dancing on the porch To 
such a lovely sight And oh, I think we're making love tonight Thank you. 